Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. A warmer from the low. Welcome to Love Me Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Heaps with myself, Greg Heaps, and now part of the Decent Family Podcast. And we do have a tremendous podcast for you because in the second segment, Christopher Freeman, a man that you've heard on this podcast quite a few times. He does a great job over there at Busting Brackets. He also is a man that is out there in the great state of Pennsylvania. He's going to be joining me in the second segment with him being in the state of Pennsylvania. Going to talk a little bit about the ACC. Can Pittsburgh have a little bit of a come up this season? Obviously, out there in his state, we wound up seeing some big news with Jay Wright stepping down. What can we expect out of Villanova? Are they going to be a little bit more up-tempo this season? Takeaways from Kyle Neptune in his one year at Fordham. And then, as we were doing the interview, we wound up seeing some big breaking news as my number one rated transfer out there in the portal. And Kendrick Davis, he was playing at SMU. He decided that he is going to be going to Memphis. So, we're going to react to that. And we also saw a gentleman that was a big-time transfer last year, decided that he's going to be returning to the school that he wound up committing to as a transfer last season, and I don't think that it's necessarily going to be so great for that Big 12 school, so we're going to be diving into that as well. And then in the final segment, saw a lot of news in college basketball on Friday. I'm going to be giving you guys a little bit of a recap of that, and if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Most of the questions just involve who my number one ranked transfer is on the market now that Kendrick Davis is gone, how this is going to be affecting Memphis. So we're going to be answering that and so much more when we bring on Tristan Freeman after this short little message right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Pearson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. So we've got answers on the other side. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really against Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? 
Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Hey, guys. It's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Tristan Freeman does absolutely amazing job over there with Bustin' Brackets. Guy's a very hardworking college basketball analyst slash reporter. They're able to find on fan site its coverage, and he also does a great job just holding it down in the state of Pennsylvania. He does a great job covering all the local teams, the Pitt Panthers, Robert Morris, list goes on and on. And to be able to follow Tristan on Twitter, that is at HoopsNut351 all together, and Tristan, it's great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pretty busy week so far in the college basketball world. Oh, absolutely. And we're taking a look at a lot of guys that were formerly playing slash coaching in the state of Pennsylvania. I do feel like the biggest piece of news that we wind up seeing from college basketball on Friday is that it's not necessarily a guy that's going to be transferring, but rather someone that's not going to be transferring as Marcus Carr is going to be returning to Texas after last year. I felt like Texas really did not wind up doing a great job of being able to integrate him to the system. And I didn't feel like it was a good fit to begin with. Now I do have higher expectations for this year. Another year under Chris Beard, another year of Marcus Carr and Texas getting to know each other should be a little bit better, but I honestly feel like both the program and Marcus Carr would be better off if Marcus Carr were playing somewhere else and they decided to give this another go, which to me is a little bit befuddling. Yeah, it definitely from an offensive standpoint was not a good fit. You saw Carr's production drop nearly in half compared to when he was at Minnesota. It just wasn't a good system fit, but I do give him credit for being a much better defender and fitting on the other end, which helped Texas have what, you know, compared to the preseason wasn't, you know, living up to expectations, but they were still a six seed and saw overall. And I think if you're car, do you want to enter the portal again and see if you could fit somewhere else when there's a load of talented point guards out there, or you just stay where you're guaranteed 30 minutes per game at starting spot on a team that's still going to be projected to go to a tournament. I think, Year two will probably be a better fit. Maybe you add different pieces that could fit well alongside him, like more shooting guards instead of extra point guards. Like the Courtney Ramey fit wasn't great. So maybe if you tweak some things, it should work out better. But I'm not too surprised that stayed. And it probably worked out well for both sides 
considering that Kendrick Davis isn't going to be going to Texas. Yep, Kendrick Davis is not going to be going to Texas. And that's something else to take a look at as well because you were seeing it all throughout the day on Friday. Everyone was being like, ooh, Kendrick Davis is going to be going to Memphis. And with Kendrick Davis, it certainly is going to be a case which it's going to be so fascinating to see what we're going to be getting out of him moving forward. And with Kendrick Davis, I do feel like he was the best prospect that was out there in the transfer portal. And him going to Memphis, this is going to be a very, very interesting fit because the big thing with Memphis has been they always wind up turning the ball over under Penny Hardaway. They do everything else well. They wind up defending well. They've got good shooters. They just couldn't find that guy to be able to hold on to the ball, being able to be efficient on offense. And I feel like they get that with Kendrick Davis. Yeah, I mean, going from Boogie Ellis, Tyler Harris, and Alex Lomax to Kendrick Davis is as big a boost in the backcourt as you can ask for. Like you said, they've always been able to have good defense. They've always had good frontcourt play. But having this point guard, I think, will help offset the early season struggles they sort of have when it comes to finding people's roles. You know, you, you lose Imani Bates, you lose Earl Timberlake, you lose you, you lose death, but you gain a better perspective on what everyone's role is going to be. They don't necessarily have a center yet, considering that Jalen Duran's gone, but if DeAndre Williams comes back and plays to five, which might be his best position there, I think you can see a Memphis roster that may not be as talented as previous years, but could actually prove to be better overall because they're not going to have those log jams or those locker room issues when everyone's trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. Yep, and Kendrick Davis, two very, very good years at SMU, and He's already got familiarity with the American Athletic Conference playing for the Pony Express. As we do have Tristan Freeman of Bustin' Brackets joining me on the podcast. And I felt like prior to the Davis announcement that he was the best player out there in the transfer portal. Now that's obviously up for quite a bit of debate because you could go a wide variety of ways. I feel like at the guard position, that was pretty much a slam dunk. But now that Davis is off the board, who do you feel like is the biggest prospect out there that is out there for the taking. And it could be a couple guys because I recognize that there are a couple guys that you could put at a 1A, 1B, but who are some of the biggest targets out there right now, now that Davis is off the board that you take a look at and could make a seismic move for a team? Yeah, you look at look at some of the big men like Johnny Broom, the Moorhead State transfer, average 18 and 11 defensive player of the year at Ohio Valley. He was reportedly down to Auburn in, in Florida, and that would be very interesting. You could have the, the nation's leading shot blocker replaced by the guy who finished third from Walker Kessler to Johnny Broom. That would be a great replacement for Auburn. Meanwhile, Florida, you know, first-year head coach Ty Golden coming from San Francisco, he led the backcourt. It was the backcourt that led the Dons last year. But if you could have Colin Castleton and Johnny Broom in the front court, couple some spacing issues that might have to be worked out, but that would be an incredible offseason haul for him so I'm interested in what he does and then you look at the backcourt you know Tyrese Hunter might be the guy that has the biggest ceiling among all the players who entered Iowa State transfer quality point guard a true point guard at that he's someone depending on where he goes could elevate a team to final four status especially if he takes the sophomore breakout leap that many expect him to do yep I agree with you on all those guys GNI Broom he was actually being rumored a little bit to Kentucky before Oscar Shibway wound up returning and trust me Kentucky they don't need big men now that Oscar Shibway is back at the fold and that is really big as well with regards to Kentucky being able to get back the national player of the year because it's just not very often that a player winds up winning that award and winds up coming back to school and I take a look at Kentucky and 
with regards to the way too early top 25s. I'm not sure if I'd be willing to put Kentucky number one, but I certainly think that they belong right there in the top five. And you can say what you want about them losing to St. Peter's. I felt like overall Kentucky had a really good year. And though you have a little bit of suspectness out there with the backcourt, having a guy in Shibway who wound up averaging 15 rebounds a game last season, yeah, that's a very good base to be able to build from. Yeah, it, you know, Kentucky is obviously the, the star of the week when you have the combination of Tshibwe returning, but also Shayton Sharp likely to be gone. I don't expect him to come back in college basketball. That opens up some some interesting storylines in the backcourt because Severe Wheeler is likely coming back. You got five-star Case Walls coming in. C.J. Frederick, the sharpshooter from Iowa who was injured last year, he's going to be needed to provide shooting because the concern that you saw a little bit with St. Peter's is Toshibwe and Wheeler can't shoot. Neither could Keon Brooks from the power forward position. Are they going to have enough shooting and offense to surround Toshibwe so that they can make a final four run? Regardless of where they'll be ranked, they're definitely going to be a national title contender. But how far can they go with the lack of spacing and lack of shooting, which ultimately doomed them in, in the first round of the tournament? Yeah, I agree with you. With Kentucky, it always feels like that's a question when it comes to this program. You never really have a concern as to whether or not these guys are going to have size. You really don't have concerns as to whether or not they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to get their tempo. But the question is, are they going to be able to knock down enough jumpers? So that is going to be remain to be seen for this upcoming season. As we do have Tristan Freeman of Bustin' Brackets joining me right here on the podcast. And obviously a big question that I want to coming out of this week as well. Out there in your state, Pennsylvania, you wound up seeing a big coaching move. Jay Wright, he decided to retire after 20 plus years at the helm. And now it is going to be Kyle Neptune who's going to be taking over. And I do think that when it comes to what this is going to mean for Villanova this year, it's just still to be determined. We need to see if anyone winds up entering into the transfer portal from Villanova slash if you do wind up seeing a few guys who winds up entering into the transfer portal. And as we know, Jay Wright, he really didn't wind up going into the portal very much. It was a case in which he had Caleb Daniels this year. He wound up coming in from Tulane a couple years ago. And that was about it. And I'm going to be wondering if Kyle Neptune, because we saw him hit the portal hard at Fordham, winds up taking some of those traits that he wound up learning in his one year on the job with the Rams over to Villanova. Yeah, one thing Jay Wright did leave for Kyle Neptune is a really talented roster filled with depth. If you include this upcoming recruiting class, there's about seven guys who are former top 100 players that will be freshmen or sophomore that wasn't part of rotation this past year. You have Guys like uh, Eric Dixon returning. Caleb Daniels, assuming he comes from the draft, will be a six-year senior. Brandon Slater is a veteran. There's a lot of talent, and I think the guy everyone's going to be watching is going to be Cam Whitmore, who's a top 30 incoming freshman. If he if he reopens his recruitment, he could go just about anywhere. But there just seems to be a feeling with Villanova that guys just don't want to leave. And I think because Neptune was a part of the program for so long and he knows – all the veterans, I doubt that we're going to see a lot of uh, newcomers entering the portal, at least this offseason. They'll give him a chance, and then we'll see what happens with the first year. If things go well, then things will just keep rolling. But if they underachieve, then maybe some of these guys do look elsewhere. Yep, it's going to be so interesting to see what winds up happening with that as well. Because also what I noticed with Fordham this last season is it's not like they wound up playing at an absolutely blistering pace, but Kyle Neptune took a Fordham team that they've always traditionally been very, very slow, a team that they could not get any offense to go whatsoever. And 
They were right around 110th, 115th, give or take, with regards to total possessions per game this season, which out of 358 D1 teams, that's a little bit more up-tempo. I don't think that this is going to be a case which all of a sudden we're going to be seeing Villanova play at like a Citadel pace or anything like that, but I'm sort of anticipating Villanova looking to play a little bit faster. Not sure what your initial thoughts are on that, but I do think we might see a little bit of a different style here from Villanova. Maybe not as stark as what we wound up seeing in North Carolina with Roy Williams passing the torch, but I think it could be a little bit of a different look this year. Yeah, I think when you look at the Rams roster this past year, they were led by two fourth-year senior transfers in Darius Quinsenberry and Antonio Day. So when you have those guards who are who are very athletic and can drive to the basket, you do want to up the tempo a bit. So I think part of what Neptune's plan was with Fordham was just to you know use the skills of his best players along with the big man. I think with the roster of Villanova, depending on what the underclassman does, he could speed it up or he could just, you know, copy what Jay Wright did this past year with these guys. There's no wrong way to do it. I think Neptune will just operate with whatever the roster works best for him, whether it's fast or slow, whatever. They're going to be an older team, so it probably won't matter as much in the first year. Yep, I think it's going to be a very big storyline this year what we wind up getting out of Villanova. As we do have Tristan Freeman of Bustin' Brackets joining me right here on the podcast. And I know that the team that you cover really the most is Pittsburgh. And for Pittsburgh, I don't think that this is going to be a Final Four team or anything like that. But I actually do like the two moves that they've made out there in the transfer portal. They bring in Nelly Cummings, someone who is a double-figure scorer for a Colgate team that they just seem to be in the NCAA tournament every year now of the Patriot League. And then they wind up picking up Blake Kinson. Someone who's had a couple of health concerns, someone who's bounced around from school to school, but when we last wound up seeing him at Ole Miss was someone that was able to put up right around 10 points per game, six foot seven, little bit of a combo player. How do you think that these guys are going to be able to integrate themselves with this Pittsburgh roster? Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues Pittsburgh had last year was the lack of a true point guard. And technically, Nelly Cummins isn't, you know, the prototypical, you know, pass first point guard coming from Colgate because they had several ball hammers. But he's someone that can at least lead the offense. So he'll settle the Panthers down in that position. And as for Henson, he's a six foot seven combo forward and he provides versatility. He's, he can create his own offense and he's proven that he can be a producer at the SEC level. So that should translate assuming that he's healthy to an ACC level. The, the power forward position, now that Mogee is, is gone, is, is one of huge need for Pittsburgh. He doesn't have the size, but he has the score, and he should be a good complement to start and center John Hughley. So I think Pittsburgh has done a good job with the first two commits, but with five roster spots left, they're going to have to add a few more, and this weekend should be an important one for them because they got a few visits lined up. And I do take a look at the ACC, and I do feel like maybe making a jump more towards the middle of the conference is out there for the taking, because we did wind up seeing Jalen Llewellyn, who was going to be one of the biggest transfers in that conference. He decided that he didn't want to go to Clemson, so that's a little bit of a break by default for them. And then you just take a look at the rest of the conference. Boston College, I don't think that they're going to be anything special. Georgia Tech, a little bit of a downtrodden program. It's going to take Louisville a little bit, in my opinion, to be able to get their feet set under Kenny Payne, although I think that the Payne train coming in, that's going to be good for Louisville moving forward. I think it might take a little bit of time for them to be able to get acclimated, though. Syracuse, they haven't been able to do a lot themselves. And I take a look at Pittsburgh, a team that was towards the bottom of the ACC. I don't think that they're going to take any sort of a jump to where they're like in the top three or anything like that, but I certainly think that they can get out of the cellar. They can maybe clear that bottom 
five and be able to put themselves in a little bit of contention for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, half the league has questions. I mean, you look at Notre Dame, you know, they, they could potentially return almost everyone, but the guy they are losing, Blake Wesley, was the one who single-handedly turned them around. So without him, will they revert back to being the under 500 team? Because that's what the rest of the cast was before he arrived. You you look at a team like Virginia Tech, you know, assuming they lose Aluma, Kebe Aluma and Justin Mutz, what will the backcourt be? What will the frontcourt look like? And then you look at NC State, you know, they've added a couple of transfers, but it almost feels like this, based on the guards they brought in, they're expecting to lose their two-star guards from this past season and to Kavion Smith and Darian Sebron. If those guys were definitely gone, then they're going to take a step back too. And they already were technically at the bottom as well because now that Manny Bates is definitely gone. So Pittsburgh has a legit chance to make a run to the top six or seven probably going to be the expectation for Jeff Capel, who is definitely going to be on the hot seat coming into this year. He has John Hughley, who's an all-ACC player. you got veterans and Burton and Cummins in the backcourt. We'll, we'll see what else they add, but there's definitely going to be expectation for Pittsburgh to get out of the basement or else they're going to have a coaching change. Yeah, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the ACC this season because I do have a feeling that we might see a little bit of a top-heavy ACC once again this season and a man that he is very well-rounded with his college basketball coverage, a man that does absolutely amazing work on this front. That would be you. That would be you, Tristan. You do absolutely amazing work taking a look at everything for Bus and Brackets. And I know that you've got quite a few irons in the fire as you're going to be very active this offseason. So a lot of good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you're working on in general. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter, HoopsNut351, as well as the Bus and Brackets Twitter handle, as well as the website. I have an article coming out soon this weekend based on the top 10 in NBA draft decisions. Guys have to declare by the end of the weekend their intention center draft and there's still a, a lot of names that haven't done so and then for the ones that do which of them are coming back or not that's going to be the next step in the offseason storylines after transfers but there's still about 10 all-american caliber players who are reportedly around 50 50 on whether they can come back or not teams like gonzaga duke north carolina kansas baylor they all have key players that have decisions to make that could come and go and it'll really affect what the rankings will look like next season. Yep, it certainly is going to be big to see what we wind up seeing on that front. And I know that Tristan is going to be doing a great job of following that. Just does an amazing job of taking a look at the game of college basketball all 12 months out of the year. Joins me quite a bit on the podcast and always delivers the good. So big thanks to Tristan Freeman for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wind up seeing in college basketball on Friday. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> hey, guys. LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is always a pleasure to get Tristan Freeman on the show. Doing a great job over there at Bussing Brackets, and he is out there in the great state of Pennsylvania, being able to hold it down, one of the most hardworking men they're going to find in all of college basketball. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Friday, and I really do feel like this is the biggest piece of news, the fact that Memphis finally has that efficient point guard that they're looking for. Kendrick Davis, who wound up averaging 19.5 points, right around 4.5 assists per contest, with right in the neighborhood about 2.7 turnovers this last season, wound up having more like 2.5 last two seasons. He has decided that he is going to be going to Memphis, and this is absolutely massive for them. You did wind up noticing Tyler Harris wound up deciding to transfer out of the program a few days ago, which is why some people were led to believe that perhaps Memphis was going to be able to land him. You wound up seeing the rumors going out there on Friday, but this is the best guard that Penny Hardaway has been able to get into the fold. Now, you did wind up seeing Amani Bates enter into the transfer portal, but you wind up seeing Memphis actually be better without him rather than with him, and I think that this is going to be absolutely massive for a Memphis team that year in and year out. Typically, they find themselves in the top 10 with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, but they're terrific on defense. They're always a team that they have some relatively solid shooters as well. They've got good size. They are going to need to replace as well Jalen Duran, but this is a very, very big get for Memphis. A guy with veteran-laden experience, a guy that's familiar with the conference, being able to get him in, that is big. So the big winners of the transfer portals so far this year, I would have to give it to Memphis with what they wanted being able to pull off there because that is exactly what they needed. And I don't feel like this is what Texas needed, but it's what they're getting. Marcus Carr going to be back at the fold for the Texas bunch. And we were talking about this quite a bit with Tristan Freeman. The fact that Marcus Carr was a little bit better on defense this last season, but saw a big dip in 
in production. When I was at Minnesota, 19.5 points per contest. He wound up averaging 11.4 this last season. Shot right around 39% from floor. Actually, not too much of a dip from what we wound up seeing at Minnesota. It's relatively on par, but he's had to take a little bit of a step back, and I just felt like this was never necessarily the greatest marriage for Texas, for Marcus Carr. I really feel like both wound up hurting each other by trying to make this work, so I'm not sure what to expect here, but they have decided to give it another go, and I do think that your number two is going to be better when you wind up getting another year under the system. That is always helpful, but I do think that questions still remain as to what you're going to be getting there. There is no questions with this one. Duke, even though they've lost a few guys this offseason, obviously Paulo Boncaro, you thought that he was going to be as good as gone. He obviously was, and then you lose Mark Williams, you wind up losing Wendell Moore, but Jeremy Roach is going to be back in the fold for this Duke team, and I think that Jeremy Roach wound up taking some very good strides forward towards the back half of the season. Towards the beginning part of the season, he was a little bit erratic. The shooting was up and down. was never really a turnover machine or anything like that. He was never really playing, I would say, bad basketball, but it was never a case in which he could help elevate a team. If you take a look at what he wound up doing the last 12 games of the season this past year, 11.7 points, wound up giving the team only about 2.5 assists per game, so had the ball in his hands a little bit less, but shot right around 34% from 3-point range. Was a little bit more of a primary ball handler towards the beginning part of the season. You've got to think that with more out of the fold, he's going to be finding himself in that role a little bit more, and it's proven that he's able to do a solid job without creating a lot of turnovers, so that is going to be very, very big for this Duke team. Another guy who's returning, we're going to hit on some of the transfers here in a minute or so, but Kevin O'Banner, someone who many people thought might wind up going into the NBA draft last season, he's decided that he's going to be back for another year at Texas Tech. This is absolutely massive because he came in for Moral Roberts and was very raw defensively, but offensively, we all knew what he was able to provide and had a little bit of a rough go of it early on during the season with regards to the offensive side of things, but in the month of March, seven games in March, was able to average 12 points, eight and a half rebounds, shot 42% from three-point range, looked very, very solid, and if you want to go back even a little bit further, if you want to date this back to, we're going to call it January 18th on, he was able to still put up some relatively solid numbers, right around 11 points, six and a half boards, shot more around 34.5% from three-point range at six foot eight. He came over from the Summit League, proved that he could be a double-digit scorer out there in the Big 12, getting another year under his belt. That's going to be massive, and I do think that Texas Tech, once again, in for another big year. Mark Adams has proven that he can fill his shoes of what we wound up seeing left behind with Chris Beard, and actually, Texas Tech wound up having a better year than Texas, so he is going to be a big piece to what we're going to be seeing out of Texas Tech this upcoming year, especially with Terrence, a.k.a. TJ Shannon, deciding where he's going to be going with regards to the transfer portal. We saw one gentleman from Purdue decide that he is transferring out of the fold, and he's going to be going down a little bit of a level. Isaiah Thompson, he decided that he's going to be playing for Florida Gulf Coast, a guy that wound up seeing 20 starts this last year, wound up shooting 42.5% from three-point range, 4.5 points per contest. That said, this is someone who his minutes were very sporadic, and you take a look at what he wound up doing towards back half of the season. In the final nine games they wound up seeing action in, zero points in six of them. Got to figure that he's going to be able to come into Florida Gulf Coast. He is really going to be able to help out a team that they're probably going to be looking to play a little bit more up-tempo. Michael Fly is now out of the fold. They wound up hiring on Pat Chambers, who used to be the coach over there at Penn State, so 
it should be a little bit more of a guard-oriented style, and I do think that he's going to be able to fit in very well with them, should be able to provide some three-point shooting. So going to be fascinating to see what happens with Florida Gulf Coast this upcoming season, especially with losing Mr. Samuel, Kevin Samuel, wound up going over to South Alabama a couple days ago. You did wind up seeing quite a few guys enter into the transfer portal. George Bridget, he has decided that he is going to be transferring away from Jacksonville. He winds up joining Matthew Lenz, both of these guys. Did not wind up seeing a whole heck of a lot of minutes, but for Jacksonville, they were very much a defense-oriented team. So even these guys that they didn't wind up having a lot of scoring, they did wind up having a little bit of a role on the team. So that, no question, does wind up putting this team behind the eight balls. Mr. Pridgen wound up having right around three and a half points per game this last season. Did wind up shooting 49% from three-point range. Problem was, he just didn't wind up attempting a lot of threes as a freshman. So he decided to transfer away. Jamal Johnson, he was playing at UAB. He has decided that he is going to become a muck and he is going to be going to Chattanooga. For Johnson, wound up having a little bit of a strange year over there at UAB. Wound up having four and a half points per game this last season after during the 2020-21 season. Was very much a big contributor for the team. Nine and a half points per game, shooting 36% from three-point range. So saw a big giant dip with production. Jamal Johnson, sort of been a guy that has bounced around throughout his college basketball career. Began his career in Memphis. Then wound up spending some time at Auburn before going over to UAB. So certainly someone that has been all over the map. And the 9.5 points per game actually was while he was with Auburn. So he actually wound up having better numbers while he was out there in the SEC than Conference USA. So that is very much a rarity in this day and age. You did wind up seeing a few other guys wind up committing to other schools as well as Moses Flowers. He is going to be heading to St. Bonaventure, a St. Bonaventure team in which it does look like they're going to have to do a little bit of retooling. But for Flowers, he was able to get his Flowers last year while he was at Hartford. A gentleman that wound up averaging 14 half points, 6 half boards per game. He was a starter for the team. For three-point range, wound up shooting about 36% from three-point range. So relatively solid with that regard. Was able to put up a seal and a half. Should be a good fit on a Bonnie's team that we just don't know what they're going to be looking like for this upcoming season because they wound up having five main contributors right now. Jalen Edway along with Oshun Oshuni are currently in the NBA draft. And then you wound up seeing Jerron Holmes winding up entering into the transfer portal as well. That wound up happening just a few hours ago as I record this. Average 13.5 points per game this last season. Shot from three-point range only about 28% from distance, but was very much a key cog for a St. Bonaventure team that, let's call it what it is, they only wound up going five deep. So they're going to need every single player that can contribute for them humanly possible. And just any loss winds up putting them a little bit behind the eight ball. Cameron Parker, he is a native of the state of Oregon, and he is going to be heading back to that state as he has decided that he is going to be transferring from Montana, and he's going to be heading to Portland State. Portland State getting themselves a relatively solid guard, in my opinion. Someone who this last year wound up seeing a little bit of an uptick in his scoring with a little bit over nine points per contest, four and a half assists and two turnovers per contest, and did wind up shooting 36% from three-point range. Not a guy that winds up taking a lot of threes, but someone who is able to do a solid job of making them when needed. He wound up having 24 assists in a game while it was at Sacred Heart a few seasons ago. That is the most assists in a single game for a D1 player in history. So, guy does a great job of being able to do out the ball. Not someone that winds up turning it over a whole lot. So, 
this is going to be a very solid gift for a Portland State team that they became a little bit more efficient towards back half of the season. You did wind up seeing a little bit of a coaching regime change going into last season and felt like they really got comfortable towards back half of the year. So that is going to be solid for them. Tony Rosach, he was playing at UC San Diego this last season. He's going to be staying in state. He has decided that he is going to be going to San Francisco and becoming a Don this last season. 15 points and 6 half rebounds per game. Not a guy that's able to stretch a floor and shoot threes at six foot eight, but very good at being able to get into the painted area. Solid at being able to give you some rebounds. Now, what he does need to improve, the turnovers. 3.8 per contest. Gentleman from Switzerland, though, that has quite a bit of upside. If he's able to hit a couple more outside shots, that is also going to be very big for him. But heading over to San Francisco, a program that... Let's go what it is. They wound up taking some losses this offseason. They needed a little bit of a win, and good gosh darn it, they were able to get that. Here, you wound up having Trenton Ankerson, who last season was playing at Northern Illinois, and when he was at Northern Illinois, his best year was really during the 2020-21 season, where he had 14 points, right around 2.5 assists, shooting 37% from 3. This last year shot 35% from distance on 11.5 points per game. He decided that he is going to be going to Akron, so he is going to be staying out there in the MAC. And we have noticed a lot of MAC to MAC transfers, and Ironically enough, did wind up seeing that during the 2020-21 season where he did wind up having Tyler Cochran decide that he was going to be leaving Northern Illinois, wound up putting up some good numbers with Ball State now. Ball State didn't wind up having a lot of production as a team, but he was able to come in right away and was able to make a little bit of an impact. Would not be surprised if that winds up being the case here with Mr. Hankerson. You wound up seeing Josiah Alec. He was playing this last season at UMKC, and he has decided that he's going to be entering the transfer portal. Someone who's been dealing with some injuries throughout his career only wound up seeing action in 17 games a season, but at six foot eight, good combo player that wound up putting up 13 points in six sports per contest, all while shooting 36% from three-point range. And what I think was very big is that I mentioned the fact that he was a little bit banged up on missing much of the month of December and then pretty much all of January as well. But when he wound up returning from injury, wound up seeing a grand total of seven games afterwards, he was still relatively solid for the team. 14.5 points per contest, shot 50% from three-point range, obviously a little bit of small sample size, but was able to do some very good work for this bunch. So he has decided that he is going to be entering the transfer portal and got to figure that there's going to be quite a few teams that are going to be interested in him. I think that there's going to be schools interested in Jerron Coleman. Wound up beginning his career at Ball State in his two seasons at Ball State. Averaged 10.5 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists per contest, while shooting 37.5% from 3. I think it became very apparent that he did not belong at the SEC level. He wound up seeing starts from Missouri, but that's just because Missouri just is not very good at all. They wound up having a really rough year, 8.5 points per game, and his 30% 3-point shooting was actually better than the team average, which shows you sort of what they were at, but 6 for 5 a little bit of a combo player, needs to work a little bit on being able to facilitate a bit better, but certainly someone that's able to come in and is able to lend a spark with regards to three-point shooting. Wyoming has brought in quite a few transfers this offseason, including three from the Pac-12, so figured that they had to lose a few guys. Dang Doot, he was playing at Wyoming this last season, only wound up averaging right around a half a point per contest. He decided that he's going to be going to Southern Utah. We'll be surprised if he winds up contributing too much while he's with Southern Utah, but they do wind up adding a little bit of a depth piece, and Southern Utah, typically a team that they do like to be able to go north of nine players deep, so he decided that he is going to be transferring over there. Andrew Lewis, who during the 2019-20 season was playing for a Chicago State team that was arguably the worst in the country, 
at the time. A lot of averaging, though, 12.5 points per contest. Last few years has not seen a lot of action in general. He's decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Going to be intriguing to see how the portal winds up responding to him because he did wind up having those numbers, but it was on such a bad team that it's not even funny. And let's call it what it is. Last few seasons, not being able to contribute much of anything has not been able to help out his stock. So I'm fascinated to see if there's going to be a market for his services. I was thinking that Alec Oglesby was going to have a bigger year than he wound up having for UNC when we got injured during the early part of the season, only put up 3.5 points per contest after during the 2020-21 season. Wound up seeing right around 16 minutes per game at a Cleveland State team that made the NCAA tournament, shot 43.5% from three-point range. He has decided that he is going to be heading to Setson. He is a native of the state of Florida, so that is going to be working out very well for him. And you take a look at Setson, a team that has been a little bit slower, a little bit more defense-oriented. That's what he was at with both Cleveland State and UNC Wilmington, so I think that he's going to be a seamless fit. If he could just stay healthy and stay out there on the floor, that should be a very solid gift for Setson, and I think that you're taking a look at a double-figure score here in Oglesby, so good fit for both sides. Jalen Oge has bounced around from quite a few schools this last season. He was playing for the Dukes of James Madison and just did not wind up seeing a lot of production during the 2020-21 season with James Madison. Was able to put up right around 7 points per contest and his 3-point shooting percentage did rise to 44% this season but wound up only giving the team 4.5 points per contest in 13.5 minutes per game. After he wound up spending a little bit of time in Louisiana, Monroe wound up averaging 8 points per contest in his last season there. He has decided that he is going to be heading to SIU Edwardsville in Edwardsville program that and they have been one of the butt cracks of all of college basketball here in recent years. So they are really going to be looking to try to ignite anything whatsoever with SIU Wettersville. You take a look at them among the 358 D1 teams. This was a team that with regards to three-point shooting percentage was 350th. So Hoge immediately becomes a little bit of an upgrade there. He should probably be a starter for this team. Only question is what's going to be surrounded around him because he's someone that's able to be a relatively okay defender, but he can't be the guy that winds up carrying it all by himself. So we will see if Edwardsville is able to do anything else out there in the transfer portal. Gabe Dorsey, he was playing at Vanderbilt last season, just didn't wind up seeing a lot of playing time, right around a half a point per contest for a six foot six, little bit of a combo player that I'm not going to go out there and say that he was like some big, giant, highly touted guy or anything like that, but. If you take a look at 24-7 sports, they did grade him out right around 227th in the class of 2021. He's out there in the transfer portal. Someone that's able to pop some threes at 6'6". Six six. Someone that does a good job will be able to space out the floor. So, going to be interesting to see what his services are out there on the transfer portal. And you figure that someone was going to be picking up David Skogman. And Skogman, he has decided that he is going to be going to the Atlantic 10. He is going to be playing for Davidson. Did a very solid job this last season. 6'10 gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin who wound up seeing starts over there at Buffalo and was really their best offender being able to put up 8 points and 6.5 rebounds per game. He's able to shoot 37.5% from 3 at 6'10 as well. You notice at Davidson, they always like those tall guys that are able to shoot threes. He is going to be able to lend some very good versatility, so he becomes an instant fit for Davidson, and Davidson has really been able to do a solid job of being able to find some good pieces out there in the transfer portal. I think that this is going to be another one. TJ Berger wanted to begin his career at Georgetown. Did not see a lot of minutes at Georgetown this last year at San Diego State. 
expected more than about three points per contest, but now he's going down to a very low level of competition. He is going to be heading to the Leopards of Lafayette, someone who, while he was at Georgetown, it wasn't a big sample size, but D-Line shooting 46% from three-point range at six foot four. someone who's able to pop a couple threes. This is a very good buy-low opportunity on a guy that Lafayette, they just would not have been able to get otherwise if they would have tried to recruit him two years ago. He would have never been able to go over there, and as we know, when it comes to these Patriot League schools, you have a high level of academics that you need to meet to be able to get in there, so this is going to be a very solid gift for them. Malik Harden-Hayes wound up seeing a little bit of dip in production from the 2020-21 season to this year. He wound up averaging 9 points, 5.5 rebounds per game while shooting 37.5 per step for 3 par inch two seasons ago this last year. Dipped to 5.5 points per game. His minutes were slashed by about 9 to 9.5. And his 3-point shooting percentage down from the 37.5% to 28.5%. He decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. It was a little bit of a trying year for him. You can tell that he just could not wind up finding his footing whatsoever with the program. So he's looking for a little bit of a new fit. And if he's able to get back to what he was doing two seasons ago, someone's going to be probably very happy with what they're going to be getting. Keyshawn Bryant, he did wind up having his name entered in the NBA draft. And he decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal as well. And this is probably the best for him. If he was going to declare for the NBA draft, it would have been the 2020-21 season where he averaged 14.5 points, 5.5 boards per game. It's never been a great three-point shooter. It's 6 for 5, shot 28% this last year, and that's really his best three-point shooting percentage, but career low 8.7 points per game this last season at South Carolina where you've got a new coaching regime. He would need to try to build himself up, so it's really best for all parties that he decide that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal, and if he's able to get back to what he was able to do two seasons ago, certainly is going to be a solid fit. Senny Indai, he has decided that he is going to be transferring from West Virginia where he just was not able to find any minutes in Boghagen's style. And he's going to be going to USC Upstate. With Upstate, they've been able to land a couple guys in the transfer portal, but those guys have just not necessarily been able to blossom. He was a little bit more of a walk-on at 6'11", 2.05", and with USC Upstate, team that actually shot relatively solidly from three-point range this last season. They just had no assemblance of rebounding whatsoever. With this foot eleven frame, something that you don't see a lot of in the Big South, he should be able to come in immediately, and he should be able to contribute down low. So that is a solid transfer for them. Michael Dewar wanted beginning his career out there in the state of Florida for South Florida. Now he's going to a different directional school. He's going to be going to Central Florida. When he wanted to sign to go to Indiana, you figured that he would be seeing a lot of minutes as during the 2020-21 season at South Florida. Wanted putting up 9 points and 8 rebounds per game as a 7-footer. He was stuck behind race. Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, so as a result only wound up seeing 7 minutes per contest so now it's Central Florida where you may recall they wound up having a guy that was a little bit taller on Taco Fall and wound up having success with them he should be able to see quite a few minutes and I think that this is going to be a very good match for both sides, so he has decided that he is going to be heading back to the state of Florida Britton Johnson, he has decided that he is going to be going from Alabama and he's going to be heading to Samford, not Samford but Sam Amford, someone that was a walk on at Alabama, just did not wind up seeing a lot of playing time whatsoever, but someone who at six foot four is able to pop a couple threes. Going to be interesting to see if he's going to be able to give Sanford a little bit of production because we've seen Sanford do a good job being able to take some of these guys that were sort of cast-offs at power schools and did not wind up seeing any minutes whatsoever, the occasional walk-on, and they've been able to come in and they've been able to develop a little bit of an unknown here with Brendan Johnson, but they're open to buy low and be able to hit a little bit of a diamond in the rough there. Nelson Boyachi Adiam, he was playing this last season at 
Davidson, and he's decided that he is going to be going to Austria. Just to now wind up seeing a whole bunch of minutes at Davidson this last year at 17 minutes per contest, most of his career. Very much a defensive stopper, though. So it's a Hofstra team that they love to be able to shoot threes. This is someone that throughout his career has been an 18% three-point shooter, so he doesn't necessarily fit the mold there, but at six foot eight. He will guard multiple positions. Once again, very good on-ball defender, but not a guy that's necessarily been able to develop on offense. So, going to be very intriguing to see how Hofstra winds up using him because Hofstra has been known to go with a little bit of a thinner rotation. They wound up doing that under Speedy Claxon this last season. They didn't wind up having a lot of depth. This could be the beginning of something that winds up seeing a little bit of reversal there. So, he decided that he is going to be joining the Pride. Antoine Kimmins, he was playing this last season at Northern Iowa and didn't have great numbers, but they certainly weren't terrible. Wound up putting up 2.5 points per contest. Shot 33% from 3. He's decided that he's going to be going down to the non-D1 level. He's going to be playing for Concordia St. Paul. I still remember a few years ago, they wound up knocking off UW-Milwaukee, which if you're looking at UW-Milwaukee, they did wind up seeing a transfer of their own Jordan Latham. He was able to this last year. I have 7.5 points per contest. You may recall, he actually wound up beginning his career at UAB, and he decided that he was going to go to Morehead State. This is a good gift for Morehead State, as they're getting someone that, while he was at UTEP during his freshman year, shot 35% for three, saw a little bit of a dip the last two years, but someone that's able to give you 5.5 rebounds at 6.4. So Morehead State, they're getting a good get after they wound up having Taylon Cooper transfer out a few days ago, but... Getting back to Mr. Kimmins, the fact that he's going from the D1 level to the non-D1 level, this makes it very easy for your handicap. All you need to do is cross off the fact that you have to evaluate Mr. Kimmins. If he winds up coming back up in future years, you wind up being able to explore that when the time comes. But very simple for taking a look at that. You wind up seeing a former Big South All-Freshman performer in Travis Anderson the second decided to transfer away from Charleston Southern. During that 2019-20 season, was able to put up 9 points per contest shooting... 39% from three. Last two seasons, he's not been able to stay healthy and out there on the floor. A combined 14 games for him. He wound up putting up fewer than two points per contest. He's decided to go to Montgomery Auburn, so that is just not a great situation right there. Someone with a lot of promise. And Charleston Southern, they have not really been able to develop these guys, so that's another cast off for them. You wound up seeing Trace Berry, though. He is going to be heading to Charleston Southern. This last season, he was playing at Rhode Island and for Rhode Island, they did wind up seeing a little bit of a regime change as this last season you wind up seeing Archie Miller wind up coming in in the offseason. So you got to figure that he's going to be able to do some very solid things with this Rhode Island team. And for Barry, just did not wind up seeing a lot of playing time this last year. Only saw action in six games, being able to put up two points per contest. A little bit of a touted guy, a little bit more of a three-star recruit that came out of the state of Tennessee at 6'4", is able to put up a couple threes. So I do think that he's going to be able to come into Charleston Southern, a much lower level of competition, and be able to have some production. Duke Dean, he wound up having some production this last year at Troy. He was a all-sumbell freshman performer, a guy that wound up starting this last year, nine points, three assists, a seal per contest, shot 34% for three, which for Troy Sanders is actually relatively good, and he's going to be adding to Bradley. Very interesting for Bradley in that they've seen a couple guys decide that they were going to be transferring away this offseason, and the biggest transfer of all was losing Terry Roberts, who wound up having 14.5 points, five boards, four assists per contest. He came in and he was immediately able to light it up as a little bit of an underclassman. So now they wind up bringing in Duke Dean. A little bit less of a score, but someone that certainly is able to dish out the ball. So that is going to be very solid for them. You wind up seeing... 
Pape Momar Cisse. He had decided that he is going to be transferring away from the D1 level as well. This last season, he was playing at North Alabama. And while he was at North Alabama, right around two and a half points, two rebounds per game, he's pretty much backup center for a team that wound up having no depth whatsoever down low. And he was at, and he's going to be going to Clayton State. So he has decided that he is going to be trying to seek out more minutes rather than trying to be able to prolong this. And then Jeff Grace, he was playing at Arizona State, really did not see the floor whatsoever. He has decided that he is going to be transferring out of the program as well. And then you did wind up seeing to end the night, Caleb Lawner, he was playing at BYU this last season. Wound up putting up right around 7 points, 7 rebounds per game, and we've seen BYU take guys that at their former stopping grounds I wouldn't say that they were like Bussaroonies or anything like that, but they didn't necessarily put up impressive numbers looking at you, Jonathan Jama Chachua, and really turn them into really good big men. And I think that this is going to be a big fit for Caleb Bonner going over to there to Baylor. He was someone that was able to pop a couple threes in his early goings, about a 27% three-point shooter. So he's got a little bit of versatility, not a ton at six foot eight, 230 pounds. But being able to go to Baylor, I don't think that he's going to see a lot of minutes off the bat, but he is a native of the state of Texas. I think that this is going to be a case in which Baylor winds up utilizing them in what is a relatively deep rotation. And I do think that he's going to be able to find a little bit of a niche. And I do think that he's going to be able to do some very solid things with this program. And then you did wind up seeing Craig Porter another gentleman from I don't know if mid-major is necessarily the right term for it, but one of the higher schools that is not out there in a power school, that is not out there in a power conference with Mr. Craig Porter at Wichita State, wound up averaging 7.5 points, 3.5 assists, 1.6 steals, 5 rebounds per game, ultimate Swiss Army knife sort of guy, and was one of the top Juco players in all of college basketball a few seasons ago. He was at Vincennes, wound up shooting 35% from 3-point range at six foot two as well, and to his credit, I will say, good on-ball defender. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal as well. He did wind up seeing another versatile guy in Dallin Terry. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the NBA draft, but it's going to be maintaining his eligibility when not doubted if he winds up deciding that he is going to be coming back to Arizona this last season after he was a Pac-12 all-defensive nod and much like I was talking about with Craig Porter, a guy that just does everything. A former top 50 recruit at six foot seven, eight points, five rebounds, four assists, 1.2 steals per contest, shot 36.5% from three-point range. Not a guy that would force up a lot of shots, but someone that just did a great job of being able to stuff the sad sheets. So I think that that's going to be intriguing to take a look at. And with the Caleb Lawner transfer, it is interesting that it comes hours after Matthew Meyer decided that he was going to be entering in the NBA draft now. He's going to be maintaining his eligibility was expecting a little bit more from him this season. He wound up averaging 10 points, 5 rebounds per game, shot 32.5% from three-point range after in a little bit of a lesser role when the team wound up winning the title two seasons ago. Shot more like 39.5% from three-point range, though his scoring was a little bit lower. But what I do think was good about Matthew Meyer is that you take a look at what wound up happening during conference play. So we're going to take a look from January 15th on. He was able to ascend a little bit more. Averaging more like 11 points, 5 boards per contest. 3-point shooting was still right around 34.5% from 3, but it was a little bit better. So he was able to improve throughout the season, but certainly didn't wind up having the type of season that you would have liked to see. And Zach Eady, one of the giants of the earth, 7'4 gentleman that is able to manhandle down low, 14.5 points per contest. He winds up giving Purdue a little bit of good news in that he is going to be returning to school. Meanwhile, here's broken news for you right here. Pat Baldwin Jr., 
he decided that he was going to be entering into the NBA draft. Just one of the biggest disappointments that we've seen in college basketball in a very long time. Now, obviously, you're able to put him on the list of very many guys that were former top 20 recruits that wound up not panning out, but this guy was legitimately ranked as the number five recruit and out there in the Horizon League. The Horizon League. He shot 34% from the floor, 26% from three, 12.6 rebounds per game. Someone's going to pick him in the NBA draft, and someone's probably not going to be happy with what they wind up getting. Six foot nine combo player. He's got all the ability in the world, but just could not put it together. That was very befuddling. What is also befuddling is trying to take a look at everything that's going on in college basketball without any assistance whatsoever, which is why I'm here to help. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, you are able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore d1. Keep in mind letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Big thanks to Tristan Freeman of Bussin' Brackets joining me in the last segment. He always delivers the goods on this podcast and hopefully I am as well. I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout this offseason giving you guys all the news and notes of college basketball in about a month to a month and a half once we wind up getting a little bit more assurance and decisions made with regards to the transfer portal. We'll be starting up my conference previews and then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game every single day. So appreciate you guys sitting in today and I'll come at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.